emotions, since that's what it's all about. It, it's kind of a scary thing to ride on. It, it's kind of a scary thing to ride on. We only built part of the ride. It's not really hard to bend this thing around and, and turn in, you know, our, our normal loop looks sort of like that. Bend this thing around. Visualize, and I can picture something coming down here and dropping down quickly and around. Coming down here and... Turn that over to the engineering department, guys, and they turn it into real gyrations. That's what it's all about. It's pretty hard. Welcome to the worst roller coaster podcast on the internet. Now, let's join Ben and Zach as they tell you why your favorite coaster sucks. What's up? It's Zach, and I've been to more Taco Bells than amusement parks. Hey, I'm Ben, and riding Manhattan Express gives me blue balls. Welcome back to your favorite coaster sucks. You probably thought those idiots weren't coming back, but guess what? You can't keep us away. So... It's time for episode number two. Ben, what are you drinking on, my friend? Uh, so I'm actually still drinking Banquet because I had some leftover in the fridge. But these are the last two, so I can actually buy real beer. There you go. There you go. Also, I'm also I'm also chasing it with uh, with some coffee. So I'm going for the two streams of intoxication. Double buzz, man. I like that. That's even a thing. <laughs> what about you? I got a shock top here myself. Ugh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I uh, thought I remembered liking this beer, so I bought a 12er, and then I was like, oh god, why did I buy 12 of these? I feel like shock top is for, like, sorority, like, white girls who think they like craft beer. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. Like, it's not, it's not bad. Like, it's not bad. It's just not, I don't know. It's just, it's not very good. It's like orange-flavored shitty beer. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's not good enough to be called like a Rattler, so uh, I'm stuck with what I got. But cheers. Cheers. Let's get into these news stories, bud. All right, so uh, Coney Island in Cincinnati. And actually, when I first saw this, uh, I thought they were talking about the actual Coney Island in New York, which would be a way different story. But the Coney Island in Cincinnati is removing all of its dry rides to focus on the water park. This park wasn't anything spectacular, so it can only go up from here. Like that Shania Twain song. Yeah, I mean, it's got an interesting history. You know, uh, the people who built Kings Island bought that place up because it was there beforehand, and they moved all the rides to Kings Island and then sold off the park. So they've been like, I guess, you know, they've, they've had all their rides taken away before. <laughs> And I mean, like, yeah, water parks are definitely more successful. It's just not a doesn't really put you on the map. I think when you turn your place into a water, like you can't have other than what, maybe like two or three water parks in the country, unless you're in like building one of those Disney or Universal water parks or SeaWorld. Like you can't really put yourself on the map of the water park. You're just going to be a really successful local business. Yeah, no doubt. I mean. Water parks are cool and all, but, like, there's nothing compelling you to, like, oh, this one looks great and this one looks great. Like, there's a couple that look cool, but it's not like I'd want to hit every one, like, like amusement parks. Right, right. It's like, oh, look, you can ride the same toilet bowl slide, but it has a shade of yellow with the, like, red stripes instead of blue stripes. Oh, the indoor section or, like, the tunnel section has lights. Okay. Yeah, 
So they're going to be a water park. There was a petition going around. You know, of course, all these coaster boys are going to be like, no, because Ohio coaster people, you know. And there's nothing better to do. But hey, if it builds great parks, I'm for it. For sure. Um, so, <laughs> okay. The uh, the train at Six Flags over Georgia derailed this past weekend. And the engine car flipped over and went off a bridge. Nobody was hurt, but that's why it's funny. <laughs> it's kind of, it's almost like sad and a little cynical. The like, if you're hearing this story, it's like, holy shit. And then it's like, oh. No, but the passenger cars are fine. Like, oh, well, 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 shit. Those are like the only, like, those are all the cars on the train. It's like besides the engine car. So it didn't really derail. It was just the engine car derailed. Yeah, that's why it's funny, though. It's like a ghost train or something. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because it'll probably only go like two, three miles an hour or something. Yeah, they're not very fast, though, but I'm sure like every kid was crying. (laughs) (laughs) We now present to you. A moment at Six Flags. Oh, this is a nice peaceful train ride. Yeah, look at those trees over there. Those are those are some good trees. Holy shit! Did you see the front car just flipped over that bridge? We went from three miles an hour to zero miles an hour. I could actually see that as an actual Six Flags policy. Like, they don't let you stand up, even though you're, like, a foot off the ground. Yeah, right? Like, the train's just sitting there. They're like, sorry, remain seated until my supervisor comes. Like, you have that over, you have that guy who takes his job way too seriously with, like, the man boobs bouncing and shit. Like, and him, like, rolling his bees. No, no, stay seating. Do not stand up. Stay seated. And he's like running around trying to like push everyone back in the cars. <laughs> the 16 year old that takes his job way too seriously. Or it's like the conductor. He jumped out and he was like, I told him it was going to happen. <laughs> the 82 year old guy that's been there since the park opened. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the construction of Kings Island, new giga coaster, Orion has gone vertical. So if you want to see 2,000 pictures of a single support structure and 5,000 photos of survey markers and spray paint marks, uh, look out for those. Yeah, I feel like um, there's a lot of those same Ohio coaster weirdos that just about shit their britches when they heard about this shit. Well, what's interesting is like this Giga probably is the least hyped of all of the Gigas. Like there's definitely, like for some reason, Kings Island has that really strong fanboy base um but yeah i mean it looks like an okay ride i mean it doesn't look bad but it's barely i feel like it's kind of barely a giga coaster um it's definitely different than the rest of them it's almost like a bigger hyper than a giga that might be cool in a way because hypers tend to have more hills and airtime from what i've seen yeah yeah but you know, you know that really boring turn on Raging Bull above the station? Oh, yeah. That's the first element of Orion after the first drop is one of those kinds of turns. So it's almost like the second I saw that, I was like, ooh, way to ruin a like 235 foot tall hill. Well, I mean, they're going to they're still going to have fanboys out there. Nobody's even like saying anything bad about the ride because everyone's all like, 
showed up about dissing this ride, but nobody's dissed it. Right. Because it's like, yeah, it looks it looks fine. Yeah, right. Well, when the ride will open, we'll get all the reviews that are say, well, it's, it's a really good addition for the park, which is just a really passive-aggressive way to say the ride sucks. Yeah, there'll be a bunch of coaster hipsters. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, that uh, Skyplex complex in uh, Orlando that was proposed, the FAA has approved it. But here's the thing is that that place looks so ambitious. They were going to do the world's tallest roller coaster and have like this mall and this whole indoor amusement park. And I never thought it was going to have the financing in place to be able to be pulled off anyway. So I feel like these guys are just trying to come up with anything to avoid actually having to try and construct this place. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like uh, what I was saying about Trump, where he's like, oh, shit, I actually got to go through with this now. Like that, or it's like the fire Festival of Amusement Parks. <laughs> <laughs> I could actually see them going to the FAA approval, like expecting it not to be approved. And then the FAA is like, yeah, we don't give a shit, build it. We don't care. And they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, they like posed as locals. They're like, we don't want it. And the FAA is like, too bad. All right, so uh, so Six Flags America, and I believe a few other parks are doing this as well. They're bringing back the 30-hour coffin challenge, but now couples can enter together. So, like, if your mind is going where my mind is going, are they allowed to have sex in there, for one? <laughs> and two, if you're into some really, really kinky shit, 30 hours is considered tame. So <laughs> I do not... I would not want to be the guy who cleans out these coffins after 30 hours. Just think of like the, think of the grossest amusement park or think of the grossest coaster enthusiasts like you've ever seen. And just imagine them eating park food and like farting and shit in the fucking coffin. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like the coffin, the wood in that coffin is going to go like rotten. There's just, (laughs) Well, they do say that you, like you get to keep the coffin. Oh, good, good. The park doesn't want no one wants to no one wants to fuck with that shit when you're done. <laughs> like fuck them, we don't want them. You take them. They gotta like hose them down every two hours. There's the hose, the kid with the hose hosing them down. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what you did to these damn coffins. I, I actually thought about entering. It wouldn't be a bad thing to do, honestly. I don't think Great America does it, but it'd be fun. Yeah. I think it'd be more fun if there was like some uh, audience participation or like, you know, they could come up to you. I see. I think it'd be better as a bondage experience where like you're restrained in the coffin and then people can come around you and like fuck with you. I think that'd be more fun. Well, I don't know if they would add the bondage portion, but (laughs) you get to uh, you stay overnight in the park and they say that some of the Fright Fest creatures like come out and mess with you. And I'm like, I don't know about all that. Yeah, like, that would be so obvious. Like, oh, there's, like, a 14-year-old kid in a screen mask trying to scare me. Like, I'm, It's like, I'm trying to jerk off. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's the other thing. Are you allowed to bring porn in there? Like, can you have your phone and, like, you know, do you have, like, Wi-Fi access? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of details I need to know about this. Yeah, they give you a phone charger. So I was like, man, I would go and I would just, like, live stream it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Jerk off, pay some bills, do some work. <laughs> Doesn't seem too bad. No, yeah, no. And it's it's over a weekend. You just you can only leave the coffin to do 
uh, to like take bathroom breaks. Oh, that's good. That's good. I assume they probably provide some sort of food for you as well. Yeah, eat park food for thirty hours. Yeah, and try not to shit your pants in a coffin. <laughs> Gross. All right. Uh, related news: Six couples were married at Cedar Point for the at the first day of Halloween weekends. They all got uh, zombie makeup done. That seems that seems typical for Cedar Point. Shit, I knew I knew screamsters that got married like in character around all the other screamsters. That that makes that makes sense because like when I worked at Fright Fest, there's just like this kind of like the way there's coaster weirdos, there's like Halloween weirdos. Yeah. And there's some overlap with coaster weirdos. Yeah, I totally agree. Weirdos, nerds, embrace that shit. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, I'm a weirdo. I know it. So in the state of Wisconsin, they're finding that 66% of injuries at amusement parks were on go-karts. Um, also, 66% of injuries were probably at Mount Olympus. <laughs> Actually, no. I take that back. I bet 100% of injuries happen at Mount Olympus, and 66% of just those were like just the go-karts. There are like three go-kart tracks that they have. That doesn't surprise me because here's the thing. Go-karts require a lot of uh, spieling. you got to spiel directions. You have to be able to enunciate directions. Without getting too far into it, the people that they hired don't really speak English very well, and they also don't care about communicating instructions. So this does not surprise me at all. Wisconsin, shut that park down. <laughs> I mean, you know, one thing to consider is they also didn't say what percentage of those accidents involved alcohol. Oh, right, right. Dude, everyone's drunk at Mount Olympus. So Mount Olympus is literally the, it's like the action park of current times. So if you ever know about Action Park in New Jersey, um, that's basically Mount Olympus if you've never been there. You can touch the coaster tracks. Um, The employees sit in the tracks of the station. I have two good stories about Mount Olympus. When I was there more recently, a couple years ago, I went to go buy beer and the lady serving the beer was like, can I see your ID? And then a second later, she was like, just kidding. And then she served the beer. <laughs> nice. And then one was about like 14 years ago, the first time I went there. And it was the year Hades was installed. So like it started downpouring and there was nobody in line for Hades. So me and uh, an older friend, we went up there and uh, nobody was in the station, but we got some rain coverage. So we stayed in the station. And since the ride wasn't moving and there wasn't even operators, I jumped the gates and I remember uh, I was sitting on the rails. Oh, nice. Shit. You can, like, you can do that even when the ride is open. And they don't give a shit. Yeah, that place uh, is it's a trip. So Kennywood is beginning extensive track work on Thunderbolt and it's going to close for the rest of the season. It's interesting because I guess maybe it's like really showing its age now. Yeah, but it still runs well. It's it's still a good ride. I I think I rode it in twenty what, what year is that? Twenty sixteen, and it was still running pretty good. Like the only the only real bad spot was it kind of jackhammered at the bottom of the last drop, if I remember correctly. But I mean, it's old as fuck, and it's still good. I love that ride. Yeah, it's a really good ride, and I mean. Kenny definitely knows how to take care of wooden coasters, like especially the old ones. Right. So I, I think it'll be totally fine. Bush Parks have announced three new roller coasters for 2020. Icebreaker for SeaWorld Orlando, 
Texas Stingray at SeaWorld San Antonio, and Iron Guazi at Busch Gardens Tampa. Um, so obviously the Texas Stingray is a GCI. POV was released earlier this week, and it actually looks pretty good. I don't know. When I first saw it, it reminded me a lot of Gold Striker, which has a lot of low-to-the-ground elements. Yeah, it looks it looks really good to me. I want to go ride it. What's uh, what's Icebreaker? Is that that uh, multi-launch, the Intamin? Yeah. Not, I, I don't know if it's an Intamin. It's a Premier. Oh, okay. That's cool. I'm sure, yeah, I, I saw the POV of it. I mean, those rides look pretty fun. It seems to be where the coasters are going now, like multi-launch, which, you know, will make your No Limits recreations much more difficult to do. Yeah. Or or imagine imagine trying to build those, recreate those in Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. Iron Gwazi, which is now themed to a gator, is the RMC that is one foot taller than Steel Vengeance and one degree steeper than Steel Vengeance. It's almost like they did a control alt select all and expanded the entire ride by like 1%. Um, but it looks pretty good. Honestly, in my opinion, I think this might be one of the more interesting RMC layouts because I am finding that as they build more rides, they're all kind of the same and they're getting a little, they're losing a little bit of their creativity, but this one looks pretty good. I think personally, I think the GCI makeovers between this and Joker are way more successful than the other, the other makeovers. So I'm pretty excited for this ride. Yeah, I think it's going to be a huge success for them. And I'm sure it'll be like, it's golden ticket fodder, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Florida needs something like that, too. I think, uh, yeah, the coaster lineup of Florida is missing something like this, definitely. is There's no hypercoaster in Florida, right? Oh, uh, there's Mako at SeaWorld. Oh, that, that's right. That's a good ride, too. All right, that's a good. It'll complement this pretty well, then. Nice. I'm excited. Totally, yeah. They all look pretty good. They all look like solid additions. They all look like good coasters, so... Yeah. All right, well, that was the theme park news of the week. Now, time for everybody's favorite segment on this show, the Killer Coaster of the Week. This week's Killer Coaster is Ride of Steel at Darien Lake. So when was the last time you rode this ride? Uh, last time... I don't think it's it's been a while. Shit, it's been... It was 2010. So I rode it in 2001... And then like 2005, and then yeah, recently it was 2010. It's kind of sad. It's a good ride. It's actually it's in my top five still, still. So I think those. I just I think all the three Superman, Intamin, Hypers were just really good rides. I don't know why they get so much hate. I like this one a lot. I like it better than uh, Six Flags America because of all the sections over the water. Yeah, people talk shit about those straight sections, but I mean, what other hyper coasters have? those types of ride sections because they give you a really good sensation of speed and that's always fun like i it's kind of like schwarzkopf coasters when they have straight sections i mean if i don't know you're going 50 60 miles an hour it's just fun it's fun to be you know it's like you're on a freeway or something yeah totally they're good rides and i like that one a lot well yeah darian lake I think we're both due back for a visit at some point. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, when were you last there? 2008? Yeah. So they've literally added nothing since then. You know, I think they got... Yeah, they got like a Gerstlauer. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah, you can ride the same Gerstlauer at like 12 different parks around the country. But if you want the... Uh, I wonder what color it is. I wonder if anyone counts coaster color credits. <laughs> I've been on... I've been on seven colored 
Gerslauer Eurofighters. Yeah, they installed a ride called Tantrum just last year, and it's a Gerslauer Eurofighter. I wonder if Gerslauer has like a bucket of names, like pre predetermined names when they they give their rides to the when they give their rides to the park. Because all the Gerslauer seem to have those like weird um, one word names. Kind of like restaurants nowadays, which is one word. Or they have really long names like SpongeBob SquarePants Rock Bottom Plunge. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think the Avatar Airbender also has a weird name. There's like a second part to it. It's a weird little park. All right. Um, it's time for the Disney Minute. The Disney Minute. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. We're going to go get our tickets and head to Disneyland. We're back at the happiest place on Earth. Disneyland. Welcome, everyone. I'm here today at Disneyland. Today we are going to talk about things we wish we'd known before we went to Disney World. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. Disneyland Paris Tower of Terror now has three new storyline packages added to the attraction. So you can now wait in line three times. Star Wars Hotel will cost $1,300 per person per night with a... The Disney Minute. All right. Now it's time for some listener questions. First of all, if you were listening... Astutely last week, you may have noticed we only talked about our favorite steel coasters. So, let's finish out this list, huh? Um, wooden coasters. Counting down from five. Number five, I got Comet at the Great Escape. It's a good ride, a lot of airtime, and it's old school. Number four, Phoenix at Knobles. Same, same thing. A lot of airtime. It's old school. Setting's nice. Uh, number three, Thunderhead at Dollywood. It's not old school, but there's a lot of airtime, and it's a pretty wild and out-of-control ride. Um, number two, El Toro at Six Flags. Great adventure. I mean, great wooden coaster, a lot of airtime. It's, it's really great. And number one is The Voyage at Holiday World. Uh, it's long, full of hills, very... Uh, Crazy airtime, tunnels and turns and the triple down and it's just a great ride. Ben, favorite wooden coasters? Well, I just want to comment that I think it's kind of interesting how you can definitely tell someone's age or like what generation they were part of in the coaster world just by what their top five wooden coasters are. But it, it's interesting because like it seems like uh, people's top ten wooden coasters are all kind of the same. I mean. Usually, both like uh, Voyage and El Toro and Phoenix tend to appear in most people's lists, which is kind of which is kind of cool. Like after all these years, those rides are still popular. So uh, for me, um, my number five wooden coaster is El Toro at Six Flags Great Adventure. Um, I don't dislike the ride anyway. I just it's not my favorite. 
Um, for me, the ride is great. The airtime is awesome. Um, but I like rough coast. I like rougher coasters. I like the out of control sensation. So that's why it's my number five. Um, my number four is Phoenix. Don't really need to go into depth in that one. Everyone loves the Phoenix. It's a great classic coaster. Drink because our number four is lined up. All right. Take a drink to that. Uh, so then my, my number three is Tremors at Silverwood. Um, so it seems to be a park that not a lot of people have gotten to. And it's it's kind of a pain in the ass. Gets. You got to like fly to Seattle and drive five hours east. Um, but yeah, Tremors is great. It's like a... It's like a terrain. It's like an out and back with a twister section. That's also a terrain coaster. Um, it's got like uh, the double tunnel. First drop is awesome. It's just a good ride. And RMC has done a lot of track work on it. So apparently it's been running pretty good. And I'm excited to check it out soon. My number two is Voyage at Holiday World. Again, no didn't need to explain that one. Everyone's been on Voyage. Everyone loves Voyage. But my number one is uh, Boulder Dash at Lake Compounds. But this is before the modification of the, I think it was like a triple up or like a quadruple up or something. And they modified it and they took out two of the bunny hills and made two. I think they took four bunny hills and converted them into two larger bunny hills. So I've not written the modified layouts, but I'm excited to check it out hopefully soon. Boulder Dash, though, is great. That's my number one. There you go. So that's the rest of our favorite coasters. So we won't cover that again until there's a change. Now, we did get ourselves a listener email this week. So thank you very much, Dominic, for sending this in. I'm going to go ahead and read this. It says, hey, gents, loving the first episode so far. Got a few questions for you guys to answer next episode, if you don't mind. We don't. Bear with me. Part one, what is... You forgot the you forgot you forgot the tongue emoji. That's key. Oh right, okay. The colon, I love it because it's the colon capital P emoji. I don't know. Yeah, it's that old school. I'm digging it. Good work, Dominic. All right. So number one, what is your favorite park, Ben? What's your favorite park? I would have to go with Silverwood. Uh, it's a it's a small little park. It's in the middle of the mountains. In Idaho, kind of away from everything. The like the, the theming isn't over the top theming, but it's pretty good for a park. Um, and the rides selection is great. They only have four coast, well, I guess five coasters, but they have a giant inverted boomerang, and that kind of is pretty awesome. And it doesn't really fit the, with the rest of the park, which just kind of makes it cool. Um, but both their wooden coasters are awesome. Timber Terror. Bull, or uh, Timber Terror and uh, Tremors. Um, the scenery is great. The food is actually really good. For it's The food is surprisingly awesome at that park, and it's cheap. So, yeah, Silverwood, go there. For sure. I'd love to go there. It looks like a cool park. Um, my favorite park is Disneyland. Call me a sucker, but I uh, definitely love Disneyland. Um, I've only been there one time. Ben, you were there. To me, that felt like absolutely uh, where the magic is. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely out of like that family of Bush Gardens, Universal, Disney, all those parks. I would say Disneyland is my favorite resort park of all of them I've been to. Yeah, it's just 
I don't know. To me, that's it's the home of the magic. So, yeah, I love Disneyland. Uh, number two, best theme park food. Now, I'm not really sure if he's asking about, like, best places and parks to eat, like best restaurants or locations, or, like, best items. Right. So I'll answer for both. I'd say best locations are going to be um, the restaurant – Connected to Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. I remember that. Didn't you get like a bread soup bowl or something? Yeah. Yeah. We were there with another friend of ours, and he just like treated all of us to to lunch or dinner or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that place is good. I like that place. Yeah, they have good food, and you get to sit right there where the ride goes. So it's really cool. Um, another one that came to mind was Mythos Restaurant at Islands of Adventure. Oh, I forgot about that place. It's been a while, though. I, I probably haven't eaten there in, I don't know, 13 years or so. Oh, yeah. It's definitely been, like, about 11 for me. So, like, yeah. but I ate there both times I went to Islands of Adventure, and it was it was as good as I had heard, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, for food items, this is a little harder for me to talk about because I'm vegan. But uh, for being a fat piece of shit acer... I would have to say a funnel cake sundae anywhere you can get one. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But also I tried this tater twist at Silver Dollar City, and that was really good. <laughs> the name tater twist sounds a little aggressive, but what is that? Uh, they like spiral cut a potato and put it on a stick. Oh, shit. Okay. And then they flash fry it. So it's like almost like chips, but not exactly because it's still kind of soft. Right, right. Okay. The last Gap event we had, we or I got I got to try one of those. Although that park is shit. You know what? I would say that's probably my favorite park for food. Then was Dollywood. Okay. Yeah. So you answer the question like best food locations or parks and also items. My favorite theme park for food is probably Dollywood. Um, just for the tater twist that Zach mentioned before. And like, you can get, it's really good for, uh, comfort park food, just like deep fried, deep fried things. Um, things on skewers, the fudge, the, uh, the dessert stuff, the sweet stuff, the cinnamon bread, which is pretty good. Um, last time I was at Dollywood though, I decided to drink half a bottle of, blueberry flavored stoli on an empty stomach and then ride Tennessee tornado. Oh my God. And then I ate an entire cinnamon bread loaf because they were giving it to us for free at the ACE event. Oh my God. So at the cabin, I literally vomited all this blueberry flavored vodka with the cinnamon bread loaf. Oh man, that sounds terrible. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. But as far as like food items, I obviously love the Dole Whip. I love the Dole Whip Sunday. Oh my God, Dole Whip! Of course, I'd have mentioned that too. But yes, Dole Whip, Dole Whip float. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, though, I don't really get park food very much. I'm more of a Jack in the Box, Taco Bell, before or after the park kind of guy. So I would say uh, I'll just stick with the Dole Whip. That's a good one. That's a good way to leave this question off. For sure. All right. So number three, and this one's addressed to you specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, why in God's name do you have Desperado in your top five? It's a good fucking ride. It's built by Ron Toomer. Uh, the ride, here's the thing. The ride is aggressive as shit. 
it'll give you bruises. It'll fuck up your back, but it's so much fun. Um, it feels like I would say the ride experience Desperado is like riding a shopping cart, going down a giant hill and riding on a track of coat, literally bent coat hangers, because that's pretty much what the design came from. <laughs> I mean, no, the, the airtime, the airtime on Desperado is awesome. That airtime is insane. Um, the, it's kind of a mind train too. that goes in and out of the resort. The, the helix is really fun. There's that really cool chopper that goes under the monorail track. Um, yeah, it's just it's an awesome ride. I don't know why people hate it so much. It's intense. It's fast. It's got airtime. We rode it like 10 years ago a bunch of times. It was great. I liked it a lot. I haven't been on it more recently than that, though. I think my most – so let's see. I've ridden it in 2009, 2010, 2013, and 2017. And I would love to ride it again. Shit, I rode it twice in 2017. Yeah, it's a good ride. I ride it every chance I get. So he goes on to say, see you guys next week. All right, I like this guy. Uh, then also, I-305 is the best giga, and Rob Alvey is overweight. <laughs> I'm glad that those two things are in the same sentence. <laughs> That's a pretty amazing sentence. I don't think we could have come up with a better sentence for this podcast. I would I would disagree with I three hundred five for being the best giga. It's really good, but for me, my favorite giga is Leviathan, and I like Leviathan more than Fury. Uh, but I would agree that Rob Elvey is overweight. Haven't been on I three hundred five, so I can't say. Although I don't expect anything would overtake my sweet Millennium Force. But uh, I'll go ahead and go with agree on Rob Alvey is overweight. Thank you so much for writing in, Dominic. Hope uh, you can keep some more questions coming our way. We'll be happy to answer them. Also, your favorite coaster sucks. <laughs> yeah, I threw a five is kind of a piece of shit. Actually, though, so have – oh, that's right. You haven't written it. I was going to say, so I threw a five, though, was garbage when they had all the trim breaks on the first drop. Um. So, unfortunately, I never got to ride it when it first opened. But when um, I rode it – oh, no, that's not – no, okay, so that's right. I rode it with all the trim brakes on the first drop where the where the first turn was still, like, flat against the ground. That was super intense. And then I rode it after, the ta- <laughs> after they took the trim brakes off and they modified the first turn to go slightly uphill at a, or, like, kind of at an incline. Um, yeah, it was good though. I would have loved to ridden it open weekend. That looked everyone was apparently blacking out and getting like brain aneurysms and shit. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about it because it's more of a positive G ride than an airtime ride, from what I've heard. Yeah, so you know those uh, you know the first half of Maverick with those super quick uh, bank turns. Yeah, I would say imagine that, but you're going you know eighty miles an hour and you're in a full length train. That's pretty much how you could describe it. Wow. All right. Well, seems like it would be fun. All right. So on to the main topic. This is one we were talking about last week. How to rank RMCs. So, yeah, I personally, I have a lot to say about this only because I feel like a grumpy old man. Let's bust out the soapbox so Ben can stand here and tell you all about this. (laughs) 
I'm just I'm just sick of reading and watching these like YouTube vloggers and shit about where they list their top ten coasters and like eight of their top ten coasters are RMCs. Um because it's like, yeah, they're really great rides, but they're so similar. They're they're all the fucking same. Um, and even though they all have different layouts, there's something about the RMC ride experience that's very uh it's like kind of repetitive. The best way I could describe an RMC is like if you were to look at the the G Force output, it's like you you have basically a constant line of airtime and then a constant line of positive G's, and you're just switching from one to the other. Um and the heart lining and the banking, they're so controlled that you're not you're never really like thrown around in your seat. Um, you're kind of just sitting upright. And it feels like the ride is passing around you. It's the only way I can describe it. So obviously, like Steel Vengeance is awesome. Uh, New Texas Giant, Outlaw Run, Goliath, uh, Twisted Colossus. They're all great rides. But I have a hard time ranking them and comparing them one to another because they're all kind of the same. You know, even comparing Steel Vengeance to Twisted Colossus, they feel very, very, very similar. It's a very repetitive ride sensation. So uh, the way I personally rank RMCs right now is I put RMCs into three different tiers and I then put them adjacent to other coasters I have in my list. So like top tier RMCs start at my number 11, Uh, tier two RMCs start at my number 19, and then tier three starts at like, I don't know, somewhere in the low 20s. And they're kind of just like adjacent so I don't I don't compare them with uh, other traditional coasters I've ridden because there's no way to rank there's no way to compare Steel Vengeance to say the Voyage they're totally different ride experience oh I guess one's steel and one's wood but you know what I mean well it's interesting because that's a comparison I've heard um, that Steel Vengeance is the Steel Voyage basically no fuck that that's not true at all <laughs> I would say I would say Steel Vengeance is probably I would say Steel Vengeance is maybe more. Um, no, it's not even like El Toro. There's really nothing like it. It's um, when I was when I was there with uh, one of our other friends. We actually were kept were kept making jokes how it's like if two robots fucked and like spit out an AI program, some like artificial intelligence program, designed a roller coaster. That's basically what Steel Vengeance would be. It's so perfectly designed to produce so much airtime that it's almost too much airtime because that's like half of the ride experience, which is great. It's great. I love that it exists, but I don't know how to rank it. I don't know how I feel about it right now. T-shirt idea. Too much airtime. I don't know how to rank it. I hate airtime. <laughs> Your favorite coaster sucks. <laughs> so I've ridden uh, Goliath at Great America and Outlaw Run. And those are two good ones. Those are, I would say you've ridden the more unique of the RMCs out there. So that's, that's good. I mean, what, which one did you like more than the other? Well, I liked outlaw run more because it was longer and the elements I think were just like more compact and it felt faster and more wild. Yeah. Cause Goliath is really short too. Yeah. Six flags definitely cheaped out on that one. And I know people argue and say, Oh, there's no more space. Bullshit. They could have easily added like three more Hills to it. And it would have been a way different ride experience. And they had plenty of room. 
They could have added like a figure eight. They could have added like a figure eight or some shit at the end of the ride, you know, something. It could have done a helix or it there was enough room it probably could have done a third lap because there was enough speed. Oh yeah. Oh, there's plenty of speed. I think the ride ends at like 55 miles an hour or something ridiculous. It's funny too. I remember when they had the promo video for Goliath and they they basically like that was an element. The bunny hill into the brake run was a marketed element. Fly into the brake run at 52 miles an hour. It's like, well, I guess I guess when you have I guess when you only have three elements on the ride, you got to, you know, pump up everything. Yeah, it does the drop, the tunnel, the first like big turn, then it has that hill. That hill's awesome. Oh yeah. Then it does the dive loop. Then it does the zero G stall, goes through the tunnel again, does the last turn, and then goes into the brake run. Yeah. It almost, uh, did you ever ride Viper at Six Flags Great Adventure, that Togo? No. No, I never got a chance to get on that one. Well, so that ride was a piece of shit, but that ride was also insanely short. It kind of, it, for some reason, Goliath and uh, I put those two in the same category of like rides that are too short for no reason. <laughs> so, like, that anyway, that Viper ride had one drop. It did a dive. It did it like a dive loop, and then it did one inline twist, and that was the entire ride. I think that Viper at Six Flags Great Adventure was actually the prototype model from Togo that Six Flags just bought and installed. Oh, okay. Actually, I'm gonna look this up on RCDB quick. Yeah, I saw that in a video or something recently. Interesting. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, it makes a lot of sense why they never built more of these. But, yeah, damn, that ride is a piece of shit. <laughs> I think that's like most Togo coasters, though. Although, I really would love to ride Fujiyama. Well, yeah, all the Japan ones apparently are are pretty decent. So, I was going to say, speaking of Japan, I did want to, before I just shit over RMCs, um, Haya, Hayakugi, or however the hell you pronounce it, I will say it looks... Hakugi? Hakugi. Uh, that's at Nagashima Spa Land. Yeah. The park that just rips off Cedar Point. <laughs> that's Hakugi. Okay. Hakugi. Yeah, that one... I will say that one looks like a pretty good RMC. Because it. I feel like that one... RMCs typically take like a tighter layout. And that one seems a little more stretched out. So you're getting a lot of more sustained elements, sustained airtime, you know, big kind of swooshy turns. Um, and hopefully, that's what I was saying about the Guazi, that hopefully Guazi kind of follows that same pattern where it's just a little more stretched out, a little more of an interesting layout than just like, you know, it's almost like you could build it from a formula. It's like vertical drop, dive loop, stall, inline twist, bunny hill, inline twist, overbank turn, Inline twist. Bunny Hill breaks. Yeah, well, I think Hakugi looks like maybe one of their smaller rides, but on a big scale. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the smaller ones have, like, better pacing for the elements. Right. And that might be why I like Outlaw Run better than Goliath, because it's definitely a smaller one, but, like, it just feels more out of control, and the elements feel more like, I don't know, more something, more oomph to them or whatever. Yeah, I will say Outlaw Run feels the most like a traditional wooden coaster. 
and also because a lot of the layout uses the those wooden cross ties or ledgers or whatever they're you know whatever those pieces of coasters are um whereas then rmc went to basically a steel which is why i don't consider topper track wooden coasters they're not they're they're a hybrid that's like a true definition of a hybrid they have both wood and steel on the track um so that's like when people like uh when people argue that topper track is a wooden coaster it's like eh, not really well doesn't it require the steel Right. So yeah, that's, that's like the definition of a hybrid, a dependency of two materials. That's exactly what topper track is. And actually I think topper track even has a topper track even has cement in the track. So they fill. um, So topper track has like a giant uh, hollow steel beam essentially. And then they fill that with, I think they fill it with grout. I could be wrong though. So it adds, it kind of dampens the energy of the train, which like is it? I mean, it's a really great design, but it's not a wooden coaster, you know? Right, because a traditional wooden coaster could hypothetically run without the rails; it would just tear it the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't wedge a bunch of two by fours in aero track and be like, oh look, it's a wooden coaster. <laughs> That's kind of what top track is. <laughs> Shit. Shit, do that to Millennium Force. Wedge a bunch of two by fours in that uh, in the track of Millennium Force. Those like you know the three the three the three rail and the four rail pieces of track. Um, just bang some two by fours in there and call it a wooden coaster. Or like B and M could just start filling the spines of the track with a bunch of blanks. Yeah, this thing B and M track is filled with sand. You don't call B and M sand coasters. <laughs> Stop calling Topper Track wooden coasters. Just call it a hybrid. It's a fucking hybrid. I agree. So it's confusing when like RCDB and the Golden Tickets have them ranked as like wood coasters. I mean, right. Goliath and Outlaw Run are not dissimilar from wood coasters, but I think that more than anything, they're not. Yeah. So they're incomparable to like wood coasters, but also they're incomparable to steel coasters. Right. Yeah, they're kind of their own thing. Um, and it's funny, too, because when RMC... So when Medusa Steel... Or the that remake of... Uh, the remake of Medusa came out, that was marketed as a steel coaster. It was Medusa Steel Coaster. And that's the, the Iron Horse. So the steel rails, the steel rail RMC track. That makes 100% sense. That's a steel coaster, wooden supports. Um but then Zadra at Energylandia, they're marketing that as a wooden coaster. And now they're marketing Iron Guazi as a hybrid coaster. So it's like, it's the whole marketing aspect of rides gets a little gets a little infuriating. More so than I'd like to admit. I'm almost 30, but I've been doing this coaster thing for so long. And that's the one thing, bullshit marketing of coasters is the one thing that still triggers me. Well, they always are going to do it. I mean, and of course, coaster people are losing their minds over those coasters. Zadra and Iron Guazi. Those are like, that's what everyone's talking about. Yeah. I mean, Alan Schilke could literally shit in an RMC's fanboy's mouth and they would eat it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, you know what? Alan Schilke could literally shit in one of the coaster cars, like in the seat like front row of Steel Vengeance, and people would still ride it. 
you know what? He should just start doing that. He should just start shitting in all the co- like all the trains and like. Oh my god! It's like that South Park where like Stan just starts seeing shit everywhere. It's just like fuck you, you'll buy it. Or to Chris in an RMC, he just shits on the rail of the fir- at the bottom of the first drop. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just what giant skid mark the rest of the ride. <laughs> and it like flings up and gets into people's faces. <laughs> uh. Oh my god! What's up with Alan Shilkey's hair, though? I don't know, man. He looks like one, looks like one of those like spooky like uh, who's the you know what I'm talking about? The isn't the Frankenstein doctor or whatever, right? He had like long gray hair. Oh yeah, like all those mad scientists always have like long gray hair. I wonder if he, yeah, I wonder if he's intentionally doing that to play up the mad scientist thing. I'm the mad roller coaster scientist. <laughs> I reuse the same five elements over and over. You want another zero G roll? Boom! There it is. Yeah, when twelve year olds on when twelve year olds on no limits can make more interesting RMC layouts than Alan Shilke himself, you know RMC needs to get a little more creative. They could do so much with their track design. They could literally do anything, and they're just sticking to like the basic five elements. Getting a little disappointed nowadays. Well, I think it's just because it's working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not going to, like, you know, shit on a park for building an RMC. Like, they're great rides, you know. But it'd be cool to see something a little different. Now they've been building rides now for 10 years. They finally figured out how to get the rides to not start on fire. So that's good. And to not hug people. Right. <laughs> Remember that one? Remember that 3D animation of the re, like the recreation of the woman falling out of New Texas Giant? No. Oh my god, it's so good. All right, so do we have more to say about how to rank the RMCs? Um, I would just say if your entire top ten is RMCs, you're basic as fuck. Oh wait, no, that's just, that's not true because usually people throw in Maverick and Fury. So let's see if eight of your ten, if eight out of your ten top tens. RMCs. Um, I don't know. I can't think of an insult. Boo. Then your favorite coaster sucks. Yeah, your top 10 sucks. So, uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about we got a Patreon page. Good. Give us your money. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, give us money. It's patreon.com slash your favorite coaster sucks. If you give us a dollar a month, we will roast your favorite coaster on the show. We'll, of course, give you a shout-out with that. And if you kick in more, we got better stuff. Five bucks. We'll roast your whole top ten. That'll happen. And we will give you a bonus episode every month exclusive to our Patreon patrons. And if you're really balling out and want to kick us ten every month, you can come on the show and do a trip report, and we'll roast the whole thing. So give us your money. Go over to Patreon. Sign up today. That's right. I said it. We should throw in a tier where if you live in either Seattle or Chicago, if you kick us $100, we will uh, we'll show up to your house. <laughs> that sounds more like a threat. 
<laughs> Give us a hundred bucks and we'll show up at your house. <laughs> must be eighteen years. It must be eighteen years or older. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for that one. <laughs> We're terrible, so give us your money. Um, no, and also go on there. Tell us how much you hate us. Say hey, fuck you, Ben and Zach, or say hey, no, your favorite coaster sucks. I mean, or just give us like actual critiques. Uh, send it over to your favorite coaster sucks at gmail.com. If you got some shit to say, send it over there. We'll read your questions on there. We'll read your emails. Don't send us pictures, though. We don't want them. you got a ride in mind we're going to pay tribute to this week, don't you? Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, the, the coaster I wanted to pay tribute to this week was the uh, the windstorm that used to be located in Seattle uh, at Fun Forest Park. So this park was really weird. So I came here in – or so I visited this park in 2009. And the best way I could describe it was that it was a janky-ass carnival – but it was under the Space Needle, and it was designed to be a tourist attraction. But yet, the only coasters they had were a Windstorm and a Little Dipper coaster called the Rainbow Chaser. And it was one of those uh, B.A. Schiff and Associates. Basically, that same-ass Little Dipper you've seen at a bunch of small parks. So I think they have one at they had one at Knobles. There's one. Um... Shit, where else are those? You know what I'm talking about, Zach? Those like little dipper rides that have like four, four, tr- four little cars. Yeah, it was like the high speed thrill coaster at Knobles. Yeah, yeah, and like the motor, the lift hill motor is like a, it's like a lawnmower motor. <laughs> so they had one of these under the Space Needle, and if you've ever been to Seattle, you know it's Seattle tries to be this like super bougie like white collar uppity kind of place yet they had these two janky ass carnival coasters under the space needle um the rides were it's removed in 2011 um and the park is now gone the space needle is still there um but the riding the windstorm the lap bar popped up on us after the first uh so if you've ever been on a windstorm, there's these two moments. It does a dive. It's kind of like a dive drop where it hits vertical. And so our lap bar popped up right on that moment. So that was fun. Oh, my God, dude. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, and then, like, the thing is, is, like, going vertical isn't that big of a deal. But going vertical on a carnival coaster is always a little terrifying because it's not like those rides are really heartlined or anything. How scary was that compared to um, when we rode that coaster – I think it might have been like a Penfari at uh, Mundo di Bardito. Yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, so, yeah, we rode this. That was like 10 years ago. We went to Tijuana. And, like, uh, <laughs> I was filming a PO- so I was filming a POV of this coaster. And I had one arm wrapped around the over-the-shoulder restraint as I was filming. So we go down the first drop. And then through the loop, my lap, my restraint literally unlocks and it pops up, and I'm just kind of holding. I'm like grabbing onto it. Um, yeah, that was a little terrifying because you're in Mexico. You know that if you fall off that ride, you're gonna fucking die. So yeah. So less terrifying, I'm guessing then. Right. Less slightly less terrifying. We're drinking for Windstorm, formerly at Fun Forest Amusement Park. Yeah, wasn't very. It wasn't a very exciting existence, but uh, it was a credit. 
So, um, we're going to record another one after you get back from Germany. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we got some trips coming up. Or is it just, are you going anywhere? Or what do you, yeah, you're going. Yeah, I'm going to go to Six Flags Over Texas and Frontier City and Six Flags St. Louis in just a couple weeks here. Uh, nice. First weekend of October. Nice. Yeah, I'm uh, next Wednesday, I'm going to uh, Munich for Oktoberfest. So that'll be pretty fun. You'll have a nice trip report for us from Oktoberfest, I'm hoping. Yeah, I've, I've been dying to ride Olympia looping uh, for quite a while, so I'm excited for that. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about it, man. I hope you have a great time while you're out there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Go check us out on Instagram at Your Favorite Coaster Sucks, uh, Twitter at Coaster Your, or find Your Favorite Coaster Sucks. Uh, Facebook, our page, Your Favorite Coaster Sucks sucks patreon your favorite coaster sucks uh we're now on soundcloud what's up soundcloud and we will soon be on apple Podcasts as soon as we get approved up there so hopefully within the next couple days uh find us on all the socials say what's up say how much we suck tell us you hate us whatever need feedback email us your favorite coaster sucks at gmail.com thank you for listening Join us again next week when we tell you more about how your, your favorite, favorite coaster, coaster sucks. sucks. Gyrations. That's what it's all about. It, it's kind of a scary thing to ride on. It, it's kind of a scary thing to ride on. We only built part of a ride. It's not really hard to bend this thing around and, and turn it into, you know, our, our normal loop like sort of like that. Bend this thing around. Visualize. You know, I can picture something coming down here and dropping down quickly and around. Coming down here and... Turn that over to the engineering department, guys, and they turn it into real gyrations. That's what it's all about. It's pretty hard...